Welcome to the Church of Mavis Radio Show. It's Friday night, 7.09 p.m. Central. Listen to United Public Radio, 107.7 FM, New Orleans. We got uh, Jay McNicholas here with us tonight. How's it going? It's going, going, going. And just real <laughs> quick, I want to go over some of the guests coming up real fast. Wild Trees is next week, animal biologist. That always gets crazy with wild trees, talk about weird animal stuff. Uh, October 7th, Jonathan Hunt, uh, Halloween Tarot. He's an illustrator, and they made a, a tarot set from, from Llewellyn, which is uh, Halloween-based. So he's also just went to Dragon Con, all that nerd stuff. So we'll talk about that. I got that. Uh, That's a cool set. October 14th. You know what? I don't think I got that yet. I need to check. October 14th, Freighter uh, Tenebris. That's the dark side of paganism. That's just like some creepy saw wind. I always say Sam Hain. That's not how you say it. It's saw wind. <laughs> Sam Hain. I'm from Georgia, so Sam Hain, saw wind, <laughs> Halloween stuff, history, things like that. October 21st is uh, Stephen Snyder. That's a uh, some serial killer stuff, Zodiac killer. Going to talk smack about QAnon and Trump, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> just weird stuff. He's in the weird stuff. So, and then of course, our Halloween show, Denny Sargent, Werewolf Pack Magic. I think this dude thinks he's a werewolf, so he writes yeah, books about it. Yep, yeah, I got the book. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, I'll go with it. He looks kind of like one. <laughs> he, he's kind of furry he looks hairy <laughs> but, <laughs> but anyway uh that's the october lineup uh tonight's guest uh eva marquez say that again the first one i think i just ruined it eva eva, eva. it's eva but it's all right <laughs> eva eva okay eva marquez well it's great to have you here uh, your you. book is Activate Your Cosmic DNA, Discover Your Starseed Family from the Pallades, Sirius, Andromeda, Centaurus, Epsilon, Eridani, and Lyra. And uh, whenever we have a UFO guest on, I want to tell my story a little bit so they feel comfortable. This whole show was made because I had UFO experiences. I'm 47 now. When I was 17, I had testicular cancer and I had to go through chemotherapy and it really sucked. That was in high school. And then I was healed from all that crap. And then my dad died a few years later and I started having mass UFO experiences and paranormal experiences from seeing weird ships in the sky over every house I moved to with witnesses friend said jeffrey you're attracting them here and i didn't know anything about that kind of stuff my my extent of knowledge of that was et and star wars when it came to anything alien so i it freaked me out for a while i didn't even want to come out of my house but i did and then you got to where you want to see the stuff you get it's like sipping from the holy grail so and i've also seen a, a wide uh, variety of beings and from light beings, I've seen those with my physical eyes, completely sober. I've seen them partying too, but I've seen them completely sober, leave my house. Two beings of light, as if they were in my house, flew out the roof into the heavens, completely out. 
Now, and I've seen some little hooded beings in the woods standing around a black box. And there's been some other weird things, some that kind of seen reptilian and some other weird stuff that I don't understand. But I've never figured out who they are or what they are. Or I didn't know what to label them. They never, you know, came up to me and said, hey, I'm so-and-so from whatever. It was always like the Riddler from Batman throwing you a riddle. Here, just look at me and you can figure it out your damn self. But uh, that led me to doing the show. And I started interviewing big-time UFO people. Stanton Friedman, he's passed now. Uh, nuclear physicist, just you name it. Just big personalities. And it was weird because for a while I had trouble getting interviews. And I said a prayer and had a UFO sighting. Next thing you know, I'm on the phone with these big UFO people that are taking an interest in doing the show from Stanton Freeman to Nick Pope to Nick Redfern to William Burns from that show UFO Hunters off the History Channel. You name it. Just everybody. Jim Mars. That was a big one. Uh, he's got a book, The Alien Agenda. He's passed now, too, but... Oliver Stone did his movie JFK based off one of his books, mm -hmm. but basically a lot of weird stuff happened and I've been trying to figure it out and I still, I know more, but I still haven't really figured it out, but it's great to have you here. And I guess what, uh, I want to know at first, what originally got you started on this path of this type of information? Well, thank you so much for having me on the show and hearing your story and why you got into this. Just get me excited beyond the excitement. But first, I have to laugh. So after all you have seen, you are not sure if the werewolves are real. Not that I have seen one in my real life, but hey, if the aliens are real, why not the werewolf, right? So that will be definitely an interesting show up there. So you are 47. You must have been born in the 1975, right? 74 Capricorn. Okay. I'm the 75 Capricorn. I think they had a special agenda for the us. The day after Christmas is me, uh, December 26, 1974. Yep, so we are in that same kind of the period that says those are those star babies that will be born and they're going to have this weirdest experience in their life so they can spread the world that aliens are not that bad, you know, and all these movies that we are seeing literally just bring the fear within us and perhaps there's a little bit different part of the story as well. So the same as you, I had a UFO sighting since... I can remember, I think I was about two or three years old when I was drawing the spaceship on the bottom of our sofa in the living room. And, you know, as the life goes on, it was also an illness. So we have a lot of things in common, which I found absolutely fascinating. For you, yes. it was a testicle cancer. For me, it was a Lyme disease oh, okay. um, 14 years ago. And, of course, you know, all this led into this. With my Lyme disease, I left the body and I didn't go what everybody says, you know, I went to the heaven and I seen the things. I went inside of the inner earth. It took me several years to really figure it out what had really happened. But I 100% believe I went to the you know, city of the earth or crystal cities of the earth, Shambhala, whatever we want to call it. And then I received the information on the healing, how to heal and that I'm a healer and this will be, you know, the part of my next journey and literally working with the star seeds uh, all over the world, helping the people figure it out that, you know, we came or we are part of our ancient aliens heritage and we do have that alien part within us. And if we are become or are heading toward to become multidimensional beings, that means that we have to embrace that alien within us because we are not much different than those that we will eventually meet. 
So you were shown cities of light. What kind of, what state were you in? Was it a dream state? Was it where you actually saw them in a, a ship? Uh, how did you see these cities? Of, I've heard of cities of light and stuff before, but how did you, how did that, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Okay, so I had a out-of-body experience. I think some people can, you know, I think there's a difference between the lucid dreaming, which, you know, I think many of us do, and the out-of-body experience. It was the out-of-body experience. I mean, I literally saw myself leaving my body and be in this beautiful crystal city. Everything was made out of the crystal. It was very white. There was these white beings that would talk to me. Not that I can remember that they look like, but they spoke in the poetic voice. And I felt I had a choice to stay there and go back into my body. There were light beings? Like light, light, light beings. beings. Yes, that would be light. If we, there were not the beings like you would see that come out of the spaceship and would have a mask. What I would perceive there is light beings. Yeah. That's, I've seen a lot of those in weird ways over the mm -hmm. years uh, with my eyes. I've mm -hmm. seen them in the heavens. Mm -hmm. I've seen the two leave my house. Mm -hmm. I've seen one in the heavens like it was communicating. I've also think there's a quantum realm around the earth. I've seen into that realm and seen like a lot of them. Like, a, like maybe that's a state, like when we die, maybe that's where we go, this realm up there. It's like they're almost in the sky, like, like stars almost, but not every star is them, I don't think. But there's some that are definitely, it's weird, but these I like. So. Yeah, I think there's a difference, you know, between when we go, let's say, let's call it the realm of the heaven. That's not where you are an alien light being who's really assisting to the earth. You're going through the stages of, you know, to learning and and um, reconciling about your life and what is the next ahead of you. And let's say eventually you know, graduate that whatever class it is, then you may, you know, graduate among these light beings. And there's a difference between the light beings who do assist the earth and are in the inner city. Let's say that they are in this higher dimensional vibration. Maybe that's what happened to Maya and Mayans, you know, when they left somewhere. I definitely don't think they have been abducted on the spaceship and took out to some experiment. I yeah. don't think they, you know, step out into this dimension that may be part of them. Sort of, you know, they are in this realm, in the higher dimension. So they definitely, you know, can be around us or anywhere. We can literally walk through them. But I do really believe that they are different than the spirit ghosts that died through the car accident it's stuck here on the earth and needs to go to the other side if that makes sense yes so who are the palladians do they seem like are they like norse vikings in space is that kind of what they are they're nordic that's oh. norse right is, is there a norse connection they should all have blonde hair and the blue eyes right yes no that's not true palladians oh, are incarnated in any kind of the body shape in any kind of the colors that are here and the races on the earth that literally you know the they are soul healers let's call them the bean of light but even the beans of light in the palladians many of them do enjoy to have still that material kind of the body which you know is a little bit different than us but they are the beans who do have a interest to help us to heal our past so we can move toward the future. There are also the stories, which I think you have must have heard with all your research and what you are doing about the Pleiadians from the future who do interact with us and who want to help us to get it right. 
what are the the laws that, that they can how on what level can they intervene they they i know free will plays into this but mm -hmm. what what do you think about inter, them intervening to help us what's the levels that they can do that as restrictions okay so i may have a barrier sometime into all english words obviously you know i have a Palladian accent right no it's a czech accent it's a <laughs> european accent but they can't interfere, they can guide us. Because otherwise they would already land on the lawn and tell us, you know, you do ABC. But if they do that, if let's say the Pleiadian race do that, it would be against the collective wish of the humanity. If we get, you know, let's say more about 80 to 90% of agreement that we all wanted, then that would be the assistance that we want. But if we don't, it will be the interference, something that goes against our free will. So what they do, they appear in our life. I think they guide us in this, healing miraculous healing overcome our tragedies and challenges within our life and that literally you know guide us on this journey to search for more and share it with the world if the things would happen to you have not happened to you you would have a totally different occupation if it doesn't happen did not happen to me i would do totally different things and it would be very totally different people who would say like what are those people who talk about those Pleiadians? what's wrong with them you know, we never know. So they, if you call it the interfere, they come at the particular part in our life to assist the helping hand. And that within us, you know, awaken the memory that maybe we have been part of them, one of them, maybe, you know, we knew them before and how we can help them to bring the awareness of people to them that they are actually benevolent and good beings who, have an interest to teach us not to fix the things for us. And what do you think about inner earth? Do you think, what can you tell us about that? I know I've heard things about hollow earth and inner earth, but is that where some of these beings live? Is that like a space, like a, another dimension? What do you think about it? Well, I think that the inner earth is absolutely real. I think that it, you know, I think that these beings figured it out somewhere in the ancient Lemuria, which in my timeline would be before the Atlantis. And it is a place that is occupied by the multidimensional races. Um, the, you know, hear the stories of the UFO spaceships coming out of the volcanoes and the oceans and so much on. I think there are several different cities of the inner Earth, several bases and several different races, you know, most of them benevolent, maybe some questionable, don't want to go in that side. But um, if you think about, it, you know, almost every channeling that anybody does, there's a story of the earth is the important part of this universe. It cannot be destroyed. We do whatever it takes to protect the earth. Why? Because the people are living inside of the inner earth. If you think about it, all the technology that we are given is more go explore the space. We do not explore the inner earth much as we would build the colonies on the Mars or the moon or anywhere else. Maybe there's a reason why. And when you say in this, that first part of the, the book under uh, your star seated history, you say mm -hmm. the rainbow bridge, is that the same thing that people talk about with their pets or is that something different where their pets go when they die? You know, they talk about the rainbow bridge or is that something different? I think it's the same thing. I think we're just using the words that bring the comfort to us and that we connect with, with the same kind of the knowledge. So we may call it passage, tunnel, being thrown of the spaceship on the earth. 
The rainbow bridge literally is the word of the meaning that when we come here, we lower our, dim we lower our dimensional consciousness and we are not able to remember pre-birth information that we had. So you channel them, correct? Uh, can you tell us about that? And how did you learn that, that gift? Did it happen after what happened to you? What were some of the things that started that gift? Okay, so I could, you know, to looking back at my life, you know, once you start, you know, says so like, here I am, and I start into understanding everything, then you start putting the puzzles together all the way to your earliest childhood as you possibly can. Palladians or these benevolent beings have been with me since I can remember, and I have about one, two-year-old memories. But I could not really, you know, to, to understand it, and I actually was one of those people who would be very afraid of all of it and trying to kind of like shove it into the closet that doesn't exist. Um, it was when I turned 28 and was pregnant with my first child when I told myself that I need to face my fears. I cannot be just afraid of these things and the beings that I can feel because I can merely feel them. I now, you know, have a few visions, but the feeling is the predominant um, ability I have. So I started to um, explore it and start to look into spirituality and read the books and connect with the guides. And then one day it happened. One day this boom of the light came and says Pleiades. And believe it or not, I didn't know what the Pleiades was. So I went to search it. I think it was pre before the Google yet. And this constellation came out and that literally, you know, was this action reaction process where I suddenly felt like, wow, you know, I started to cry and was like, oh, my God, this is home. This is this is where I belong. And that's how it all started. And then, you know, to develop the channeling ability is just a training. Same as we are learning to ride a bike. We can train ourselves to connect to this high vibrational energy and um, channel information. Is that are they telepathically sending it? Because, I mean, that's how they, a lot of people say in these experiences. That's how they communicate. Is it coming from them telepathically? Yes. So I heard the voice only a few times in my life, very few times that I can count like on the one hand, uh, but it's telepathic. Yes. Well, one thing I wanted to ask you about was uh, reptilians. I've had some reptilian experiences mm -hmm. and at one point it was under psychedelics on Halloween night. I saw some strange beings at a lake and they reminded me, I've seen pictures of Mayan gods and they like have this oracle set with woodglyph carvings of their gods. And that's what they looked like. But it was very weird. And they were definitely not physical. It was like multidimensional or almost like a hologram. But that's one was like a hydra. Another one humanoid with something on its head. It was very weird. But my first thought being from Georgia, which is a kind of a, a redneck place in the U USA, and growing up Christian, I was like, devil, fallen angels, oh my God, I freaked out. But they kept saying, sing, dance, and saying like loving self-help stuff to me that was positive. So it was weird. But my point is, I don't think every reptilian is evil. And it seems like a lot of people are trying to paint that picture. Is there a wide variety of those type of beings from good to evil? Well, I think this is a... A beautiful discussion. I'm so happy that you brought it up because so I'm in the South Carolina. We are neighbors. Again, lots of 
extraterrestrial common kind of the things. I'm in Florida, but all of my a lot of my stuff happened in Georgia, and then I moved to Florida. I've had stuff happen okay. here, but a lot of weirder stuff happened in Georgia for sure. Because you live close to the latitude 33. I bet you if you look and you see which ley line it is, is the latitude 33, you know, that goes from the Charleston here, well, Somerville, uh, all through the Phoenix, the Phoenix light, the Arizona, the famous, you know, uh, the New Mexico, the famous UFO sighting and stuff like it's all up there. But back to your reptilians. First of all, they are programmed. You know, as you said, you know, you grew up in the society that is the devil and bad and whatever looks odd or the weird naturally has to be bad. Why? Even the Pleiadians do have a part of the reptilian DNA. Are they bad? I don't think so. They always say, same as we have a bad and the good people on the earth, we have a bad and good people in the universe or beings in the universe that would apply to any extraterrestrial races, not only to the reptilian races. You know, here it is very popular to use the reptilian in the movies, in the horror stories, in the kind of the books and paint them into the most vicious beings who do eat the children for the breakfast. Do they, do they not? You know, I'm not here to prove it or disapprove it. But what we are here is to learn to look with our emotions and the feelings, not just with our eyes. You may walk on the street, wherever it is in the Florida, Georgia, or in the Chicago, and you may meet the most gorgeous person who takes the gun and shoots you. Or you may meet the most ugliest person that you go like, oh my God, somebody, you know, who, you know, may not let's say having boon face and we go like oh my god it looks like some like person of these horror movies and that must be the most kindest good-hearted person that you ever meet so we have to stop judging of what we are seeing and starting to feel what we are feeling instead of be afraid of everything and i think this is why they don't interfere as much because let's say these planes will land and suddenly they are not of this gorgeous nordic race and they look like the guys from your vision what are we going to do first? Protect ourselves. Against what? Against something, how somebody look like. So I think it's really important for everybody to start, you know, to looking with our feelings and within what are the intentions of the beings instead of just be misled by the illusion of how they look like. And it seems like if they wanted to destroy us or do whatever conquer us or whatever they would have already did it by now i believe so i i you know i consult so many people as like these reptilians came to my dream or i had this you know the frozen dreams like that you know i'm sure that you had those paralyzed dreams and so much on have you been harmed through it did they really mean the harm to you there's a very tiny percentage of the abduction and the bad stuff happening. But again, compared to the good and bad people, it's probably the same kind of the thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then uh, first element of these abductions or contact would be anyone's going to have to overcome their fear. So that fear could warp the perception of it or that could be, you know, something to be really afraid of. But fear... You know, in shamanic practices, that's something you have to overcome when you start having these experiences, spiritual experiences. You have to overcome that fear to move to the next level. So fear can is a dark glass. So Absolutely. And look at you, you know, what you are doing, Jeffrey. What a beautiful service to them and to humanity you are doing. They came to you and you know what happened to you. You talk about it and you find those people who talk about and write a book from all probably angles of life. 
and you are there to show them, you know, choose. Are you going to be afraid? What are you going to believe in? What is the truth? I mean, that's, you know, I think they are very grateful to you. Definitely. Okay, uh, Jay, anything you want to ask about? Let's try to switch back and forth a little. Yeah, uh, actually, um, I, I got a couple. Um, so in, in the book, you mentioned, and they're on the, the front cover too, you mentioned six different species. So um, the, there's been several different surveys as to how many different species of aliens are actually physically contacting people on Earth. So how many of these species are in contact with Earth and, and on how frequent of a basis? Because the, the last I heard, it, there's like four and then not necessarily the ones that you mentioned here but the last i heard was there's only four races right now that are like daily basis here on earth oh really i have no idea how many of them in the total i just wanted to tell you like the six that's nothing i mean there's a lot of them like so what i was told by the pleiadians there are 12 seeding races and definitely those 12 seeding races would have an interest to interact with the all they you know soul family with us on the on the earth plus you know the 13 is the earth they have a 13 crystal schools again the 13th the number you know one 12 plus one would stand for the earth human being so there is at least 12 that have a the best interest in the earth i sometimes make a fun out of it it's like you know they are playing this game of the monopoly and there's a 12 families you know bidding on the horses like let's make a little fun out of that and they are their children Many, you know, star sheets came from their soul families as ambassadors. So I think there's at least 12 who are interacting on everyday basis. Let's hope they're playing Monopoly and not Risk. <laughs> I, I hope so. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so but the, 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 the races that I heard of that were with uh, interacting with the Earth are none. I don't think that you've mentioned in your book, um, but they, they also have... Uh, uh, an interest with our military, not just our military, every other country's military. So, what about the mention, the ones you mentioned in your book? Do they, do they interact with our military as well, giving secrets and trading, you know, tactical knowledge and weapons knowledge and that kind of thing? I honestly have no idea. What my, you know, focus or the channeling of them is to help the people to find a DNA within their body. Um, so what they do on that level or not, I honestly do not know. It would seem logical, but it, it, it's, it's definitely clear from the focus of your book. You're, you're talking, and I've always called it um, genetic memory. And that's mm -hmm. kind of what you're talking about here is waking up to like memories that you couldn't possibly have, but they're in your DNA. Yes. Yes. So I talk about it for a long time because, you know, we want to have this memory and channel experience, but then we also want to find the logic and sort of, you know, to find that backup or the affirmation that what we are experiencing is true. It was the Albert Einstein says that, you know, our imaginations literally are the memories. We cannot imagine something that we did not know or at least experienced sometime before. And so if we, you know, if you look at the picture, that you have never seen before, you never heard the word, for example, Pleiades. And then there's that emotional movement within the body that makes you cry, or maybe for some people can make them angry or make them feel mm -hmm. all kind of the feelings. It is the emotions through moving through the body and the emotions is that I, that awakening aspect of our memories. So I do believe that, you know, majority of it, even the channeling part comes and connects to our memories. Uh, let's say that somebody who 
who is not, you know, never played the instrument, is not really good in playing the instruments and knowing the, you know, the keynotes and so much on, cannot compose the music. So somebody, you know, I, I couldn't do that. So that's probably not in my past lives. But if you are connected to these beings across, I don't know how many thousands of years it is within my memory and memory of those like you, you know, who remember that, that they put it together and starting to understand it. Yeah, I absolutely think there's something to that. Um, I, I've experienced some sort of I just knowledge that came to me somehow, and I don't know how mm -hmm. it came to me. And I'm like, I never read this. I don't know where I got this from. How did it get into my head? But it's there. I mean, how, how do you unlock it? It's it's in your book here. So, you, well, it's, if I can add to that, Jay, think about it. We all have a soul, mind, consciousness within our body. I think we all can agree on that, right? If mm -hmm. we don't see it, we know yeah. it is that that makes us alive. Our soul mind consciousness is exactly the same as it first connected in this universe. I don't know how many billions probably years ago. And it released the memory that is um, needed or that is, you know, good for us at the moment. So even though we change the bodies and they look different and we live different lifetimes, that energy that literally gives the life to Jay, to Jeffrey, to Eva at his life, has all those memories. And I think that more, and this is why I do my work, to more we sort of tune into that and, you know, align ourselves to it, the more it will open to it. And every time we receive this memory, it is by triggering the nervous system. As Jeffrey was sharing, you know, he has his psychedelic experiences. So his nervous system was all over the place. And suddenly, you know, it kind of relaxed and, you know, happen when you had your experience and you probably had something either you've been stressed out or nicely relaxed, but your nervous system kind of open and allow that memory come back in. When I had a Lyme disease, the same thing happened to me. So the key to our memory and get a little bit more to it is our nervous system. Now, I'm personally not a fan of the psychedelics. I think there's, you know, only a little bit at a time that we can do, but we all take our, you know, we all know what is the best for us. So there's no judgment on whatsoever. How do we, you know, to get to the information that we would like to get to? So, but in your book, you're also you're trying, you, you, there's methods to how to find what your starseed family is. So do you have to find out what, what group you come from to get those memories? Or do you, can you get the memories without finding out which starseed you are? Oh, you can get the memories without that. I try to make it easier. So uh, what okay. I have done, you know, through a lot of past life reading, same as, you know, we do past life reading, my past life reading that suddenly started to take this tune of the past life before the earth. And I found the synchronicity and the same thing to particular star nation. So I started to make it into the file. And I said, you know, if somebody will read it, and I said like, wow, that's on like me. And it helped them to faster connect, let's say, to the Andromedians or Syrians or Pleiadians. But as some people know, and again, you know, usually, which is interesting, I think the people find a similar group of the friends and the people around them, where they came from, because they have the similar interests. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's also very true. We may subconsciously do it, but I think people tend to flock to hang out with people that they, they have some mental connection with. So it, there's whether it's politics or spiritual yeah. beliefs. It, I, and and people think that's a bad thing. I'm like, why is that a bad thing? Well, I don't want to hang with someone that I don't have any interest in what they want to do. You know, it makes no sense to me. So. Absolutely. I think that's great. Like the people who like to watch the football hang out together and those who don't kind of are mm -hmm. not interested in the crowd. So the people who are more starseeds, 
they hang out together. People from Pleiades hang out more together and they love to hang out people with the Orion. There's like a little bit more of that reptilian DNA up there because it creates a beautiful masculine feminine kind of deconnection. And more we start, you know, kind of saying like, this is normal. Our nervous system kind of relax and we have a more of the experiences and memories. Yeah, and, and you've got a whole list of books on, on Amazon. So in, in all of the stuff that you've done with these books, what, what do you think the, their end goal is? I mean, because it seems like they're all kind of doing an experiment genetically with us. And, and, and I know they're not supposed to interfere, but they kind of did when they changed our DNA. And then we yeah. know some of them have. I don't know which ones are in your book have, but what what's the ultimate goal? Because certain uh, creation stories, especially the Anunnaki, we were made for slave labor, not for yeah. anything else. So yes. wh what is the end of the experiment? Where are we at? Well... Where are we at? So let's say, I'll, I'll, again, I'll take it from the my angle. My job or my spiritual work here is to help to people understand their soul consciousness and their ego mind consciousness and they are the twin flame within us. So that would be that beautiful balance. When we have the balance, we can evolve into these multidimensional beings. Even though that the human race, you know, they're being created from this primates upgraded with extraterrestrial DNA. They literally get this quantum speed jump in their DNA, so develop a little bit faster. Yet, they are on the trajectory to become multidimensional beings. So here is something interesting that is actually not in my book, but in the new book that I'm working on, because I love to write about this stuff. According to Chinese medicine, every single organ holds some kind of the energy. Now we have a 12 meridians, we have a 12 main organs. We actually have a 10 organs plus the you know, pericardium, which is our blood circulation and the immune system, but they all count for the 12. We have a 12 strands of the DNA. And so if there's a hypothetically one star, soul star family that contribute to our DNA, that means that they contribute to change of one of our organs. Where I'm going with this, long story short, is I'm going to the gallbladder organ. So the gallbladder holds the energy of the choices. And for all those, if you had a gallbladder cut out, you still have your meridian, you still have your choices. So gallbladder meridian and gallbladder organ connect to the Orion star family. Orion is this universal mind for our quadrum to control to earth, let's call it this way. But if we have a gallbladder, that means we have a choice. That is that free will choice. We can choose what we're going to do or what we're not going to do. We can choose if we are going to be afraid of reptilians or not to be afraid of reptilians. And so how do you get control by this gallbladder? The gallbladder meridian, for those who don't know, starts somewhere by you know your eye, goes over the head, side of the body, your hip, all the way down to your toe. It covers all main seven chakras. It covers almost the whole body. If I will be this malevolent extraterrestrial being, or I will suggest your talks in your gallbladder so you make your choice. I will guide you into this as a devil and these ugly beings as a reptilian and they're going to eat your children for the breakfast. They didn't tell you to believe in that. You make that choice to believe in that. So that comes me, you know, in that big pictures. If they were made, or if these bodies were made as the slavery race, they could have lack dysfunction and they could be the slaves forever. But they are not. Everything changed over those thousands and thousands of years. 
and that function to make a choice, shift in our multidimensionality, give us the right to evolve from these human bodies into whatever we are going to be. So the slavery race somehow was released into evolving race. So maybe, you know, again, it is what kind of the story we do want to believe. And I know, you know, we should not all believe in one kind of the thing, but it's mind provoking to think that, yeah, we do have a choice. I mean, I'm not really blocked up here. We're blocking ourselves. Yeah, true. But we also, we don't, none of us have the full story. So it's, it's, it's hard to really gauge uh, if we had the whole story. And I'm sure there's some people, there's, there's some speculation that the Vatican has the whole story, but they don't let it out. Um, that but, is true. Yeah, yeah if, if we were to know, I think if we were to know the full story, it's, it's it would be considerably different. We are always said by whatever Bible you read, whatever the tradition yes. you read, that we were created in the God's image and likeness. Yes. So if we're petty and warlike, what does that say of our gods? You know, I mean, is petty petty also warlike. Warlike? I believe in that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's absolutely 100%. If, we're, if we were created in their image or with their DNA, we would necessarily have the same habits. Yes, I do think so. And I do think that, you know, and they say that in all day channeling that they had the issues, they were warlikes. They part of them destroyed themselves by the intelligent, uh, you know, artificial intelligence and so much on. They want to help us to become the better version of them. But when you brought up the Bible, not that I read the whole thing, but there are stories of the people who live in the one body for the much more than one lifetime. We all know that the lifetime has been shortened to this plus minus 80 kind of the years. It is written up there. So if we don't look at the warlike thing and we look at this, okay, we were made up in the image and they were actually capable of living in such a long time or the king's list, right, from the mm -hmm. Samaria, I mean... Yeah. Look at that. No, if, if, we, if we are they in the image, then that must be the capability within the body. It's just somewhere to look. Now, I'm fascinated and I, you know, I practice the Taoism and there are these Taoistic, Taoistic tales about the immortals, about the ancient immortals, especially, mm -hmm. you know, the immortal sisters um, that live in the body between six to eight hundred years or a little bit longer. And then before it goes, the last story um, from the book Immortal Sisters goes somewhere about Oh, God, I know it's like 1,200 years back only. The people had that knowledge. It just kind of, you know, become more withdrawn and more secretive. And as you said, you know, if we have a full story, we can do it as well. But that should not stop us in the searching and practicing. See, the story is the one thing. The practice, how we will embody it and doing our everyday work is the another thing. Then, you know, hand in the hand, that may lead us to the place where we would like to be. Yeah, that's that's part of the problem is that if you look at the planet, there's so many that are just the education system planet wide is the the, ed, the lack of education really is really what the problem is. There's just not enough of it. Uh, and I don't know if that's going to help, but uh, the people that have the money, uh, they could easily fix all that and they don't. So that is true. But then it's up to us, you know, to find these bits and pieces and putting them together and if you think about it we live actually in the phenomenal time where we have a where we can we have a use of technology the radio computer tv 
Of course, you know, it's used for a lot of miscommunication and control, but it's also used for this free talk and for this uh, spread out of the good and positive information, and that can speed up the thing. What well, if they can just, you know, can co-create a hundred monkey syndromes? Of course, we need a little bit more than a hundred people of it. But if mm -hmm. we all click in the same consciousness, in that same vision and so much on, through the technology that we have today, it can happen without the books from the Vatican or the ancient Asia. Yeah, it, it would be nice. Uh, the, the television was actually, it's, just, it's funny you mentioned that, um, it was originally mentioned as a, as a, a tool for uh, teaching. And I think the internet kind of sort of was also too, but uh, the potential that it was made for was lost in the entertainment value. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, that's why they call it the boob tube nowadays. And now, sure, generations from now, they'll call the internet the boob tube at some point because all television is coming through the internet now with streaming. Um, so that being part of the problem, do you think? Now, now if you look back, and it, you don't have to go far, it was just to the 1900s and then back up to here there weren't any planes in the 1900s 1904 we got a plane 1905 we have planes like the crop dusters uh go a little bit further we've got planes that are fighting over world war one then just 20 years later we have jet planes so the progression of and i'm just using airplanes airplane technology but there's other technologies that from the 1900s forward have progressed forward is, do you think that's also part of the, the plan to get us more enlightened and more towards, um, as you said, towards a, a multidimensional end of this end of this uh, experiment? Because I don't think we're evolved mentally enough to handle some of the technology we already have. But yet the technology has exponentially increased from the 1900s till today. And it's it seems to be part of the the whole thing of the whole thing. I yeah. do think, you know that we definitely got held by those extraterrestrials with the technology and they give us more and more. But there's a trap as well. As you said, you know, technology is growing much faster than our mind consciousness. And what we need to really sustain is the soul mind consciousness. Because if we just continue in the way of the technology, I mean, there's a fine line that we have to learn to hold. We know that the artificial intelligence, you know, is already here and it's going to grow much faster than I think we are feeling comfortable about. And so that's the spirituality. And I mean, look what you guys are doing, you know, really bringing all that awareness to everything of it. We do need to focus a little bit more on that spirituality and not to get just the seduced by all the technology. Now, we have to learn to go half and a half. I don't say, you know, to leave out the technology and go leave off the grid. I mean, there has to be the merge between both of them. But I think we have to more than ever to focus on how do we, you know, recall these memories and how do we become heart-centered. That's why, you know, let's say that the Pleiadians want to teach us about our ancestry. It is not just you go to the um, past life regression and come out like, wow, this is it. They teach you to go on this journey to understand why mm -hmm. do they make the crop circles without the explanation. So we push ourselves to understand, to feel it, to understand the symbolism of it that we mm -hmm. challenge our mind and help to grow our mind alongside with the technology. Because if the technology just going on in the speed where it goes, may not be the greatest thing for all of us in the future. Yeah. <laughs> True, yeah, some technologies are better than others. So I, I totally agree with you on that 100%. And I, I think if I can add into it, you know, 
maybe it's really also look at it that, you know, we live in the place of duality, right? Earth is a duality. I think the whole universe is the duality. Mm-hmm. And so there is seen and unseen thing. So let's say the computer techno- technology in its wholeness, from the airplanes to the computers to everything, it's the physical matter that we are using. Now, with that, as it grows, let's look at a spirituality like the, I'm, I'm the fan of the Florence Shin, who wrote this phenomenal books in the 1921 like since the 1900 there's so many phenomenal spiritual books that you know we can think about it and writers and the leaders that spirituality to me will be that unseen thing so there's the movement of it in the 50s this all would be still woo you know i came from the country where the healing has been forbidden until 1989 until you know the revolution happened and there's so much on the shift of the um, politics and as so much on and now the Reiki, the healing, the crystal healing to talk about the inner earth is absolutely normal thing. So it's actually growing hand in the hand. We just mm-hmm. have to keep pushing through that spirituality and, and those experiences as well and learn to combine them to create a beautiful weave of those two together. Yeah, it's, I think we're getting close. There's there's a lot of books out there that are on strictly that kind of type of alternative healing, whether it's chakras or gemstones or whatnots, but they're, I think they're up against a, they're going up against a really tough hill with the pharmaceutical companies who are, I think the part of the problem that uh, we're not getting enlightened as fast as we probably should. Yes. But then they are not winning all together because there come the stories of the miraculous healing that happened and people start questioning it why did it happen to me i'm pretty sure the pharmaceuticals are not really happy about that and so there's an interference in a way you know of the stories to me that experience and the stuff and people says you know how did that happen how did that light did that to me or the crystal that i have on my body so i don't think that we are all lost in that wrong way yet we just have to really stop sometime and listen you know what is out there instead of pre-recorded stories? Like when I had a Lyme disease, I never allow myself to read that it's untreatable disease. To me, it was, it's going to take a time, but I'm going to heal. It took a whole year. It wasn't a fun. I would not wish it to anybody. Mm-hmm. But I made it to the other side instead of believing. Look at Dr. Joe Dispenza. I love his work, okay? The guy broke his back, lying in the hospital and says, I'm not getting the metal rock in my back. I'm not doing this and that. I'm going to heal by the power of the meditation and my talk. What a movement he created behind what happened to him. Yeah. I'm, I'm not familiar with his story, but yeah, there, there's a couple of, of really fascinating stories like that. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of this one. This, this one's from World War II, and it, I haven't been able to lock this story down, but allegedly... And I don't know if it was an English or an American uh, soldier, but he was in the back of the airplane with the tail gunner position, and he got shot out of the plane. And his parachute brought him into occupied France, so occupied by the Germans, and he was captured. And I don't know how long he was captured for, but he escapes, gets back to England, gets back into a tail gun position, and is shot out of the plane again. Parachute drops him into occupied France, again he gets captured by the same group of germans again and they're like you fell out of a plane twice you sit here for the rest of the war you will do nothing you're not a prisoner you're our guest <laughs> enjoy the rest of the war and at the end of the war they let him go 
haven't haven't been able to find the, the truth behind that story, but that's a rumor out of World War II of the, the, just the strong resolve of this dude who fell out of a plane twice and didn't die. <laughs> You're fascinating. I mean, and I'm pretty sure that Elva like, let's let's not even kill him and do anything with him. Let's just him to this suit because he must be blessed by God. You, you have to think about the odds of it being shot out of the plane twice over the mm -hmm. same area of France. I mean, captured twice. I mean, just the odds of it and surviving all that is just makes a great story, even if it's not true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think we like those stories and we should tell those stories because, you know, they are inspiring, that there's a hope. And I think that's what all we have to really hold on, no matter what's going to happen, no matter, you know, whatever um, we are presented in this life through all this, you know, pushing out circumstances because they don't always look the greatest. If we hold on that hope, you know, and have a faith in better tomorrows we create a better world just like that better tomorrows are always good um and what, one quick thing i also wanted to ask you about and because we only just briefly mentioned it earlier in the show about shambhala being underground why because everyone else has been looking for places like that up like in mountains and like you know treacherous places to go where you you know you have to bring oxygen and all this other stuff why didn't anybody look down for places like that? Because we always assume it's, it's hell down below. I, I don't know. I do think that they do have a technology to discourage us from it. So there are stories, what I heard from the Mount Shasta. I have never been there. But, you know, I'm pretty sure that we all probably agree that there are, you know, the cities below the Mount Shasta. Some people call them Telos. And they said there are these rocks, the stones, the Ferrari, that would have this energy within. When you come in that territory, you become very confused or tired, which like, you know, you want to fall to sleep. So all that will naturally discourage you from going and discovering these places. I would say that, and I would call it literally a technology. I don't think that's just some beings watching that. It is the same, or I think it can be compared to the same uh, when people see the spaceship. And as you know, they see the land, the spaceship, and they're just standing there, and they are just in this amazement or the awe or frozen in time but not in the terror and it's like i don't need to go there i just can put myself and go back and everything's going to be fine there is something that sent out this electromagnetic frequency or the vibration that may you know make us feel like confused or the good or like i don't really care everything's okay like you know you have a glass of divine you go like i don't care everything's fine they all can go that way i'm just gonna sit here and i'll be okay i think that's how it works probably and they may be the ones who literally give us the technology says yeah sure you want you want to move to the moon go here here, here is something that you go because you know, as we talk about this pharmacy and so much on, there's something that they share with me, that the earth is a pharmacy, totally different than the pharmaceutical, you know, the industry here. Earth is a healing place. When you come to the earth, earth creates the antidote to all kinds of the illnesses. It is a gift. We just do not know how to retrieve it, literally. We don't know. Even I do not know. But yeah. they talk about it, you know, and that's one of the reasons why they come here, they come to the earth. It may be also one of the reasons why they do study us. There are many people who tell, I and mean, I had that experience to be on the spaceship and, you know, be look at and seeing the other people that they look at. And they says, we're just looking at the 
you know, how the ego mind consciousness is progressing. They are not harming them. They just want to observe their behavior and they go back into their life and they don't even know that they have been anywhere observed about their behavior. So I don't see it as an invasive kind of design. It'd be nice to see if we can at some point read their data because I don't know how long you think that they've been here. Um, there's all kinds of speculation on it. I think they've been on this planet since before there were humans. So it'd be nice to see if they have any data of like, you know, yes. dinosaur, like videos of dinosaurs in the dinosaur age and maybe even further back to when, you know, the first creature like walked out of the ocean to see like, you know, the actual beginnings. Um, and if they've been here that long, they would necessarily have that data. And that would be kind of fascinating to look at. I do think they have that. I honestly do. Have I seen it? Absolutely not. But I do agree with you. I think they have been here long before the, you know, to humanity evolved. From my memory or from my channel, it's there was a life here, an animal life, only the animal life when they first arrived. And of course, they have seen it from the beginning. And uh, they know the truth <laughs> that we would like to know as well. It, there's, there's also some other things that people have channeled about literally our creation, um, like the Urantia book. Have you heard of that? And, and what is your take on that particular? It's like 1920s is when it was channeled. But it I reads a lot like the Bible. Okay. Hmm? I have not read the book. I think I heard once about it, but I have not. I'm not familiar with that book, so I cannot give you feedback on it. It's a really, really weird book. Uh, I, mm -hmm. I've had it. I don't have it now, but I, it, it reads like 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 ancient Bible prose, mm. kind of cyclical. You know, we had like if you read like Genesis, that kind of it's, it reads in that kind of meter. Um, but I, it's difficult to read. I haven't been able to finish it. I I, I have dyslexia, so it, okay. that's, that's I'll have to look at it. I, I have no idea, honestly. Yeah, I, you might want to check it out. It's it's pretty neat, and it talks about like Earth, but though. Um, I'd have to go back and read it again to really get uh, the, the gist back of it, but um, allegedly that the not just oh, the book okay. is, is a man-made creation. Okay. So, I actually have it in my in my library. <laughs> I I, oh. I read I think like about two pages of it. Yeah, it is a hard to read book. Yeah, yeah. So it's not just me. Good. Okay. <laughs> and I don't have a dyslexia. I just have a different language thing. But yeah. no, I. <laughs> I tried to, and it's like, it's big, yeah. Yeah, and it's big. I mean, it's a yeah. huge book. Yeah. I mean, it's bigger it's than the like, Bible. Yeah. yeah, tiny little, you know, there's just so many pages. So. There's another one weird like that called Osoph, O-A-S-P-H-E. I know some lady was on the show about it and sent me one of them, and I never read it. It's like a weird Bible. It's kind of like that. One thing I wanted to ask, what do you think when it comes to the natives, Americans, I have a lot of them on the show and I do shamanism topics a lot. Mm -hmm. Which of these alien races are connected to them? Do you think all of them are? What do you, what do you, what have you learned about that? So what I learned are particular Syrian beings. And, you know, when there was the Atlantinian, you know, cataclysm, right. they knew that, you know, some of it, some of them knew that it's happening. And that's when they, you know, the part of them retrieve into the inner cities, part of them already had a prepare escape into the ancient Egypt and then where they started to new life. But those who literally went into the inner cities and then they emerged as the natives, 
those are the ancient, uh, especially the Syrians. Now we have a story of the Kachinas and Seven Sisters, which would connect, you know, to the Pleiadians. Um, the dog tribe would connect to the Syrians, but the majority of them would be Syrian beings. Now, there's something interesting about this um, extraterrestrial races because many of them have been trained in the Syrians. So maybe, you know, under that Syrian training, they learn how to be inside of the earth and, you know, with the Syrians teachers, then after that emerge. And depending what kind of the teaching they would carry on, they would connect it with the beings that... Uh, they would become, you know, in their creation stories. And I would not be surprised that those extraterrestrials were literally freely flying here, especially in the American continent until the Christoph Columbus came. See, this is something that I found fascinating. I have no proof about it whatsoever. But in the Europe, we have everything perfectly documented. Here we have a native tribes who have all these pictures and creation stories and and star beings walking to them and then a little nothing until you know vikings and the crest of columbus right so i do think that they came from extraterrestrial races ancient shamanism connected to these syrian beings and you know following literary following what you know we brought from the stars and grounded it inside of the earth Pleiadians told me there's no single teaching that you would just take you know, this knowledge from the series of Pleiadians and utilize it on the earth because it is not compatible with our bodies. It would kill us. Any healing and so much on is not compatible with the body. So let that, you know, those shamans and the natives, they have learned how to take that teaching and how to utilize it to the earthly realm and apply it to the human bodies. Does that make sense? Yes. I've had uh, Captain Robert Salas on from the Air Force. He mm -hmm. wrote a book about UFOs coming and shutting down the missile silos at his base. And he's still enlisted. And he wrote this book about UFOs coming and shutting down the missile silos at his base, which is crazy. It's Robert Salas, S-A-L-A-S. It's a, a good book. But mm -hmm. it seems like with all the crazy going on right now with Putin and just yep. ever, all the crazy, he's threatening to nuke everybody. I've seen a lot of UFO sightings happen, so it does seem like they're trying to definitely stop that from happening. That oh, that I 100% believe because, again, you know, they are invested in, in the earth. I do believe they have a lot of technology for us ready inside of the earth. Uh, Pleiadians always says it's easy to channel us from the inside of the earth than from up there. It's much more closer and so much on. So they... In my case, as the last case scenario, in my way of the thinking, as the last case scenario, they will stop all this, you know, the nuclear weapons and the wars. They let us, you know, will they let some wars and, you know, the things go on? Can I interfere and make everything perfect? Absolutely not. They will be against our free will. But if it will interfere with the complete destruction of the earth, then they would interfere. Am I right about it? I don't know, but that's my belief about it. Definitely yeah. seems like we're on the verge of that possibly happening lately. It's been insane yeah. when it comes to nukes, yeah. for sure. You got Putin putting his finger on the button, so. It is scary. It's creepy. But again, believe, you know, for me to think about it, that, uh, yep, they're in the inner earth. They are invested into humanity. There are 12 family families playing the Monopoly, not the other game. They want us to survive. 
And even if, you know, things, you know, for those who think like, oh my God, there are only negative aliens who, I don't know, eat our fears and, and, you know, live out of our emotions. Well, if the earth is destroyed, they lose the food bank. So even they are invested in making the earth survive. It's logic. It's not even, you know, something that we wish for. Do they ever say anything, the channelings about the sun? Because it seems like these light beings and a part of us is connected to the sun. Like, like maybe we're light beings too on some level, energy wise, and there's mm -hmm. a connection. Do they ever mention what the sun is? Because, I mean, it's definitely weird. Well, the sun is a portal. Sun is sun has a black hole. The sun has been used as a black hole portal in the time travel or interstellar travel. That is, you know, the faster from here to somewhere there. That is the one, you know, of the thing. So let's say the sun is the part of the, um, to utilize for the technology and time travel. That is the physical part of it. Again, if you look at the duality now into Taoism, Taoism, you practice the sun energy to energize your body, literally, you know, to breathing in. And it's in the many other ancient practices, not only in that practice, that you stand in the sunrise or before the sunrise or through the day and you try to stand still and you're breathing the sun through your skin into your body is that the young male potent energy and then we have a moon to female energy right so there's a physical aspect and there's a spiritual aspect the spiritual aspect would be extremely healing i mean you know um yeah without the sun we would not be alive that's just you know the simple kind of the thing but the technological and then for the rejuvenating purposes, uh, healing purposes. I've had experiences where I let the white light fill me from the sun at a window mm -hmm. or outside, and then I'll go into some place and see things. It's like it gives you a gift to see, like a vision. Like I've yeah. seen in a gym once, all these people had a pink orb over them after having the sun do that to mm -hmm. me. Everyone in there had a pink orb over their body. Another time I went into a house where a lady was doing hospice and passing. I saw a gray alien in her room after that, letting that white light fill me. It was like an astral. It was like looking like it saw me. And I don't know if it was good or bad, but it was weird. But I've had situations where it seems like the sun has given me a, a gift of vision to see. Yeah. But I mean, I like the sun. I try to love the sun, but the heat of it gets on my nerves. I'm in Florida, so... <laughs> you need to get used to it. It's but rough. Look, even, it's rough going to the mailbox. <laughs> I know. South Carolina sometimes is not much better, but I don't complain. I used to live in the Chicago. I'll take the South Carolina anytime instead of Nevada in Chicago. But what you have seen, you know, it has been a positive experience. They have not harmed you. They have not, you know, do anything wrong to you. They just allowed you to see them. In the ancient Essene practice, it would be, you know, to, there's a practice to looking at the sun and then just to looking down and letting, you know, the eyes adjust and seeing the other things. Of course, just, to, you know, gazing at the sun without any protection for a long period of time can harm anybody's eyes. But doing it in the discipline practice can train our eyes to see the things that are unseen, to see through the illusion. And again, there's a seeing thing, you know, that we can see in the dimension that there's a healing aspect of it. There's a, a time traveling aspect of it. The sun is uh, 
fabulous kind of the thing. Many people in the meditation imagine that they are going through the sun, you know, going anywhere else. There's a lot of aspect that we can utilize of it. Definitely had some weird sun experiences for sure. It's definitely, and you see in a lot of those pictures uh, of Jesus and things, there's always the sun in the background, like a solar connection and yep. things like that with different yep. people throughout history and stuff, spiritual teachers, like in medieval yep. paintings, they always include the sun. Yeah. Some level. The, you know, so the sun the golden, you know, the disc around the head, even in the Egyptian, you know, the times and so much on. Um, you know, they all worship the sun. And what they wanted to do in these pictures, they leave us the clues, literally, you know, the language going to always be confused. The stories will be retold in many different ways. But these pictures of that will always be the same. And it's up to you how you choose to perceive that story. So if it is, you know, about the head usually, right? So our consciousness travel through the sun to get some kind of the knowledge and information. Versus in many of those pictures, Jesus Christ, there's that moon, right? The moon and the star, which is not usually just about the head like the sun, but somewhere else. That is the symbol of the Venus and of the feminine energy that, you know, the beautiful feminine energy that is within our souls and hold the knowledge and wisdom. And if the sun is the masculine energy, the masculine energy brings the feminine energy into physicality. So the sun energy manifests. It is the manifester, helps our flowers grow, tree grows, help us to time travel, help us to see the things. So in a way, in another words, we can say that the sun is the manifester. And if we learn to use the manifesting energy, what greatest things we can do? Think of the solar panels, you know, when people in the sunlight have a lot of solar panels on their houses, save money on their electric bill and so much on. It is the physicality of the sun power energy and what we can do with it. We can enhance our life and we can, of course, destroy our life with it because we live in a place of duality. So it's interesting to start, you know, looking at all this and you know kind of going through what every single one of us know because i didn't say anything that nobody you know didn't ever heard before but start looking and thinking about it from the different point of view what is i see one chapter it's uh keanu arrives what is that k-a-e-n-e-a-u can you Yes. That's my guide. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I was like, I know it's not the actor guy. You're hanging out with Keanu Reeves. Come on. No, 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 no. Okay. It's your guide. No. Where, where's he from? So he's or from Pleiades. And that's the word how I, you know, heard that when I had that feeling. So I was trying to connect with my guide. I was doing these meditations as other people, you know, did. And People have these stories of the, I saw the Jesus Christ or somebody came to me and I had nothing, nada, absolutely nothing. And then one day I'm washing the dishes and I feel this presence, you know, beside me and I hear, and that's actually I heard with a physical man voice, can you? And Pleiades, those were two words that I heard. And can you has been guiding me since then for about plus minus about, I think, 19 years or so much on. And the Kenyu is not like, you know, somebody who says like, oh, this is it, ABC. Kenyu has this philosophical aspect of life. He sort of, you know, 
because, you know, I have discovered the Taoism, he kind of remind me of the Lao Tzu, the way of the teaching, you know, the way to, to inspiration and thinking about all those things from the different kind of the way to making my own choices and change based on those choices that I'm making. So can you say a cool guy? Cool guide, I guess we can say. Yes. One thing I've seen, with, I want to ask you about Capricorn. It's not often I get another Capricorn on the show. But I see in a lot of tarot readings, they like to try to say we're the devil card. I'm like, that's not right. Maybe a little no. bit. But what? what I, they, don't, I don't tell me, Dad. I never heard that one before. If you look at any of those tarot things on YouTube, I swear they say Capricorn's that. But we also have another card, but I don't know which one that is. But they like to, but they don't say that we're just that. They say that we're other levels of things. But sometimes for, they, th they lump us in with that card a lot of ways. And that card doesn't necessarily just mean like a real devil. It means like, it means all kinds of different stuff. But I've noticed that and I get kind of upset about it. They also think we're all stockbrokers and millionaires and billionaires and whatever, you know, like, you know, I'm a stockbroker. Yeah, right. <laughs> but it, well, Capricorn's a weird sign. So I don't understand how they get a lot of that stuff because when you really look at Capricorn, it's pan and it gets weird. Like it's a goat dude with a fishtail. And I once came across this weird story of how they got that goat man fishtail. It's a little, let me make it PG 13, but I read this on an astrology site. There was a story about pan being caught self-pleasuring by the gods and they punished him and threw him in the Nile river and gave him a serpentine tail for the dark unconscious. And I have seen weird, like statues of Pan with doing stuff to go weird stuff. That's kind of weird. But there are interesting people that are Capricorns, like Anthony Hopkins, Brad Pitt, Rob Zombie. I would say Marilyn Manson, but he's gotten too creepy lately with sex rape stuff. So we got to get rid of him. You know, he's like raping people. So no, Marilyn him. Yeah, let's throw him out of there. Listen, Rob Zombie's okay, but what is your experience of Capricorn? What is it to you? I mean, is, how is it? Well, thank God I didn't hear whew, all those weird stories that you did. <laughs> <laughs> but Capricorn to me is a, we are overachievers. We are, you know, it's like that goat climbing on the top of the mountain and holding itself there no matter what. We want to see the truth we want to bring the truth to the people we are not broken that easily you know we we have a drive and i think that's what it is and i think that is inspiring you know when somebody's climbing and making it on the top of the mountain everybody else can do it so i would take that spin on it and forget the weird perverted kind of the part of the stories of it yes. and so let's just take you know the best out of it uh, we do need to have a little bit more fun because I think we get too serious about the work. We are, we have alcoholics. I think almost every Capricorn, and it's a. Uh, I don't think it's a bad time at all. I think it's actually pretty cool to be comfortable with it. That we have a drive to succeed and make this world a better place. I mean, you can have a drive to succeed and make this world a worse place and become a serial killer one way or the other. You can pick up, you know, the best part of it or the worst part of it. So we are picking the best part of it to making this world a better world and with the drive that we have. 
Jim, Car- Jim Carrey's a Capricorn. Say I love Jim Carrey. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Let's say but that. But yeah, I like your view of it better. I've heard, always heard the story about the goat keeps going up the mountain. Then he goes up top. Then he croaks. <laughs> but you got a more positive view on it, for sure. It's better. I do, too. But I've seen that in the tarot stuff on YouTube, and it bothers me. It's like, why are you doing that to my sign? I know. That is just so bad. Right. And you know, the devil in the major arcana card, if you look at him, okay, up there. So there's, uh, let's call it the Adam and Eve, you know, the man and the woman standing there. And they are literary. They have only one hand in the shackles to both of them. And the devil is there, maybe like that fear, you know, like a Capricorn, like that goat. You either climb on the top of the mountain and you overcome your fears. You're going to sit on the bottom and just wait, whatever is going to fall down and have it up there. Everybody has a choice to free themselves from the fear. So let's only that we as a Capricorns be showing the way to people that they can free themselves from the fear. So be scared a little bit with our horns. You know, maybe those are the alien horns. Like, you know, they cover them like with those horns, our alien antennas, so nobody sees. Because, you know, that time when we were born, who knows? I'm just totally joking about it up here. Yes. Uh, I put in Capricorn Tarot in uh, Google and the first thing it brings up is the devil card. So I don't know why they're doing that. It's like some new fad that I missed somewhere that they started. <laughs> I don't like it. I'm just trying to figure out. But uh, it's bull crap is what I think. But the planet Saturn is very fascinating. Very, very strange. Death and time and father with the scythe. And the and again, you know, you, you take too much dark spin on it. Really look at it like we're showing people... Don't be afraid. Everything's going to be okay. Climb on the top of the mountain. Look what a beautiful world it is. So yes. let's just take a better spin on it. You know? I got to quit with the horror movies. Wolfman and Dracula. <laughs> easy down a little bit on it. Yeah. That better point of view. Definitely. Well, let's see if Jay has a question and then we'll, we'll start closing out. We said we do a little over an hour or so. Jay, you got something else you want to ask? Yeah, well, you guys were talking about the sun. I don't know if you heard about the Parker probe. Um, I, was, I haven't finished this documentary. I think it's on Hulu. I don't know, but on one of the streaming services, there's, there's some really, really fantastic uh, footage. And there's a NASA link I put in the private chat. Um, They've they've got like a seven year mission of this probe going around the, the sun, and each time it goes around, it gets closer and closer and closer, and until eventually, I guess it's going to crash into the sun. I don't know, but they had some really really cool footage of the sun, like I mean, like lightning bolts happening on the sun, not just like the plasma discharges. So I don't know if you guys have heard about that, and if you have, what did you think about it, and what have you seen? Um, the the footage of the of the sun from this probe is unlike what you've seen recently yeah i've seen weird stuff from people showing like ufos on the sun and weird mm-hmm. like weird stuff well, like you know cubes yeah, I and i don't know how legit it is but it looks legit like there's some weird stuff like some weird stuff happening for sure but i have to check out those pictures well, if you That's think about it, I haven't seen those, but if you think about, you know, if, if the, you know, Pleiadians or the other, you know, the, the racist says that the sun is the uh, black hole, then naturally those aliens will be using it. And we having a technology to take pictures of them now. Yeah, I, I was, I'm kind of curious. I haven't seen, like I said, I haven't finished the documentary yet, but I'm, I'm kind of curious because I left the documentary when the, the probe was just about to go around to the 
farther side of the sun where we wouldn't be able to see it. So it'd be, you know, behind the sun, behind, uh, you know, way out of sight. And I'm wondering if when they go around the corner, are they going to see like this giant alien space fleet just waiting to come around the corner and blow us all up? I don't know. I hope not. But that's what I was thinking when I first saw them. I was like, wow, they're going to go around the corner of the sun and find a giant space fleet and then all hell's going to break loose. So I hope that doesn't happen. I don't think it has, but... It doesn't happen because, again, they have a bodies inside of the inner Earth. Unless there will be a biggest galactic war ever, this is like, oh my God, we have found them inside of the Earth and let's get rid of them. You know, those up there who, I think they may be like in the Alkion by the round table, again, you know, playing the little Monopoly, just, you know, for the heck out of it. They says, uh-oh, Codrat, Codrat, the big fleet came through the sun. We have to help them because they're going to destroy them. I don't think we are going to the destruction. I think that the Earth is going to be. I don't tired. either. But that's, that was just that. That just went through my head when they when I had to leave to go to work and I couldn't finish the video. I was like, God, they're going to go around the back and see a giant space fleet. Yeah. Um, they don't. This, they don't. They don't have to do it. They just wait for Putin to do it if they want. Yeah. To do it. They don't need to do it. They just wait for us to do it. <laughs> they're mind controlling Putin to do it for them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. You never know. It's weird. Well, one thing I want to get you to do to tell us a little bit about before you, you go, tell us a little bit about the exercises and meditations to figure out what your lineage is. What Can you tell us something about that or how we go about that? Well, there are many exercises in my books. Uh, I would say the one of the easiest one is just the, you know, find, let's say, five to ten minutes a day and learn to quiet your mind. And Let's say that there's an exercise that you call that I call the body pendulum. It works on the base of the kinesiology testing. When we can, you know, sit still and we can ask our body, you know, let basic yes and no answer. Am I ever my body sway one way? Am I a man? My body sway the other way. No, you have to use your yes and no answer according to you. And you can use this in the meditation, start asking, you know, am I a star seed? Yes, no. Uh, first, you need to ask yourself, am I willing to calibrate my body vehicle to the truth? Am I willing to see the truth? Because some people would be really scared of it to realize like, oh, I'm an alien living in the human body. So calibrate yourself to the truth. And you can literally use it for the yes and no answer and start uh, finding the answers to your questions. So that's the very basic exercise. I've had UFO experiences so much. I've wondered that. Am I a freaking alien? What's going on? Like, oh, you definitely are an ambassador. You are the mediator. So I would say you have between that Pleiadian and what I would write in the book, the uh, Epsilon Eridami. But I also think you are connected to the blue avians, which are very cool, you know, beings. I think the blue avians, like I can definitely see that with you up there. Uh, you know, the blue bird nation, I think they call them the blue avians. You are the ambassador. I mean, you are bringing out the world, to the you know, to the world, the knowledge about all of them. There's otherwise you would not see them. They would not have so much interaction, and you would not be fascinated with this topic. It's about raising consciousness. And that time I had trouble getting guests when I first started, and then I said a prayer and had what? these weird red fireflies in the sky, and I screamed go. like a, I screamed, and my brother and nephew came yeah. out and saw them too. And then next thing you know, I was talking to like legends of UFOs on the phone. Yeah. It was like it was connected. It was. It's like Jay says, you know, they came in the big spaceship from the sun and behind the corner. They didn't come to distract us. And they says, oh, there's our buddy Jeffrey. 
oh, let's let him connect it. It's almost like, you know, your phone suddenly went to that 5G and clicked with the 5G with a big spaceship by the uh, by the sun. And it says, here he is. Let's send our people to him. That's how it works, I think, in a very simple way. With Definitely. Yeah. Well, uh, we we appreciate it so much. It's been really great having you on the show. Thanks so much. I've enjoyed your book. What is your what? Let's let's give out the, the title. I'll give out the title, and then you want to give out your uh, your uh, website. The titles: Activate Your Cosmic DNA, Discover Your Starseed Family from the Pleiades, Sirius, Andromeda, Centaurus, Epsilon, Eridani, and Lyra. And uh, what's your website? My website is evamarquez.org. I will spell it E-V-A-M-A-R-Q-U-E-Z.org. So I make it simple. Everything is under Eva Marquez. I have a quite vast YouTube channel with a lot of free meditations. And, you know, that's my pay forward kind of the thing. So I hope that everybody will enjoy it. Well, we Thank appreciate you. it so much. Thanks so much. It's been great having you on. We'll have to get you back. Keep us in the loop on future projects, and we thank appreciate you. it. Thank, thank you so you. much. You're welcome. Thank you so much. And I want to thank you for all you are doing. I enjoy this very much with you, and it's just been fun. So thank you, thank you, thank you. You're have welcome. A have a good weekend. Bye. Have a good you weekend. Bye-bye. All right, everybody. You're listening to United Public Radio, 107.7 FM, New Orleans. And uh, Jay has uh, you started the new uh, Star Wars? Uh, I have um, the the Andor series. Yeah, is it good? Has it got creatures in it? Yeah, there's creatures. It's it's got it's it's a it's a slow start. They're, they they were supposed to. I thought they were going to drop two episodes, but they dropped three. So the first three are out. But I'm only I'm only like halfway through the second one right now. Um, I'm gonna watch them at some point. It, they're sorry. good. They're, they're worth looking at. Are they better than Obi One? Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. Like I said, a slow start. Obi One to me was kind of. Uh, I liked uh, Mandalorian and Boba Fett, but I mean, I didn't hate Obi One, but I liked those other ones better, a little better. Mandalorian and Obi Wan and all. I mean, not. I mean, Boba Fett. Yeah, but the thing, see, the thing is, is that you know, everyone loved Obi Wan. Everyone loves the, the the Mandalorian ones too. Um, but they they loved Obi Wan. Then they're trying to get answers for a second, third season, and they're getting the runaround. Yet here's this, uh, you know, one time character from one movie, and they want to try to make him have a, like a, a multi series episode, multi episode series. Uh, I, right now, it's a slow start. I hope it gets a little bit better. The trailer has some really, really great stuff looking in it, and I'm like, "Oh, this is going to be a good series." But right now, it's 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 you know just getting its legs. Definitely, I'll check it out. Yeah, what about I'm, Rings of Power. Have you started that? Yes, that's really. I like good. it. I like it. I, I like it. I think it's really good. I don't want to spoil it any, but I mean, it's. I'm pretty sure the guy who fell out of the sky. Who do you think he is? I don't know. I've heard different things. Some people think it's Gandalf. Some people it's think it's be, some other dude. It's got to be Gandalf. That's possible. It has to be Gandalf because he does the thing with the bugs. You know, he tell, <laughs> Yeah. So. But he came from a comet. 
he fell out of the sky in a in a rock. <laughs> and then uh, what about that dark elf dude? Is he Sauron? That's what some people think. That little creepy elf dude. I mean, or, or Sauron or something. You know, the dark elf, the elf that went evil with the orcs. So, so I, I think so. Because so, it, it seems to me that this is supposed to be the origin of how the rings were made and how Sauron came to power. So we're going to get the origin of Sauron, the rings, Sauron, the wizard, Gandalf, the wizard, Galadriel, and, and Elrond. And maybe we'll get to see the origin of Caliborn and a few others throughout the um, Lord of the Rings famous people that are supposed to be alive. Isildur, I think, we'll hear some more about him, too, during this uh, time. So, Yeah, I like it. I'm intrigued. There should, be another one, there should be another one on right now, actually. I'm on the fifth one. Yeah, the fifth one should be out today, yeah. And uh, why do people hate it? Because they're idiots. They're mad because they have a black-skinned elf and dark-skinned uh, hobbits. And the the harpless, which are what what the the um, the hobbits of the books come from, they they're supposed to be ruddier skinned or darker skinned. So I don't know what people's problem is. And then there's other people who are pure. So like there there aren't any there aren't any black-skinned elves. Well, yeah, there are. And and even if he did, even if Tolkien didn't write about them, who cares? Yeah, who cares? The characters, the character, the, the the black elf character is actually pretty cool. He seems to be. He's going to be like the um the the rate not the ranger. What, what's the, what was what's his name? Uh, you know um, what's his face? The ranger's name from the Lord of the Rings, Strider. He's bonking he's, tits McGee too. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Is that little kid? Who's that with the artifact? And that old man had that symbol too. That's evil, isn't it? It's um they have one of the uh one of the swords of the, the kings of Angmar. What is that? I think that's what that is. Because every time he bleeds on it, it grows. Have you noticed? Yeah, so what is that? <laughs> what is uh that's evil? Seems yeah, evil. it's a yeah, it's an undead blade. It's that's not you don't want to be holding that. Yeah, it seems like so it leads back to Sormon and all that crap. One hundred percent, yeah. So what's gonna happen? Could that little kid be something that's gonna turn evil? Because usually when you plan with stuff like that, you turn into Gollum or something. Maybe maybe he becomes Sauron. I don't know. We're we're just we're five episodes in. <laughs> For sure. How many episodes are going to be? Eight, I think, or six? I don't eight, know. eight or ten, and then the, I'm sure there'll be another season. Let's see. I'm sure there will. So on episode five now, it'll be eight. Yep, eight episodes this season. Orcs are pretty well done. And I think it's the same production company that made the, the Lord of the Rings movies, so it, 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 it looks like Peter Jackson had a hand in it, but I don't think he's involved. I don't think so either, but maybe, I mean, maybe the companies that did special effects. Peter Jackson does his own special effects and a lot of stuff, so I don't know. There's similarities, though. I'm thinking they're using the same studio. They must be using his studio then to do the super the special effects because they're, it's it looks like it was produced side by side with the Lord of the Rings in the Hobbit movies, so. Yeah. 
What about the chick elf? Gladriel? Yeah. That's the Kate Blanchett lady, right? Yeah, she's playing the younger version of Kate Blanchett's version, yeah. But the elves, I mean, I like the elves and everything, but the dudes seem kind of gay, like every one of them, don't they? Like a little yeah. too, or I guess elves are always like that. But Legolas wasn't like that, was he? No, the one the one dude who's like the, the king of the Southlands, he's like a wimp. He's a, he's a chicken. I wouldn't want to be in a room alone with him, that's my point. Yeah, I mean, he seems to be a chicken shit. He doesn't want to go and free his land, so I, I don't, I don't get it. But maybe Galadriel will kick him in the pants enough that he'll turn around and be a them dude. Also, like they drop their drawers by themselves or something. <laughs> <laughs> Come on in, hey! Anyway, I better shut up. The dwarves are pretty cool. He's got a a black mama, mama mother. Dwarf lady. <laughs> That's why they're mad. A black dwarf lady. Yeah, uh, and, and they're probably mad because she doesn't have also a beard. She kind of has a little something though. I saw like sideburns or something. I don't know. Maybe she got some sideburns going, but <laughs> <laughs> something. She's a little hairy. But I don't care. Who cares? You're gonna die. Yeah, it's a it's a fantasy TV show. Either you it's like it or you illusion. don't. You know? I mean, this is all BS. You're going to die. Who cares if there's a black dwarf or a black elf? Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> God. An idiot. <clears throat> anyway, you still worshiping Trumple Gooch? I'm, I'd rather he go back in the office. He can, he can, he got Why? The back. He's crazy. So what? Like, you might as well just put he? Putin in there. There's no way Putin could get in there unless he takes over the country. He brown noses Putin. He do, you want to to pay $4, do you want to pay $4 and $5 for a gallon of gas? Or do you want to but pay he's selling nuclear secrets to Russia. Who cares about <laughs> gas? He's got to get us killed. He's got to like be Benedict Armour or Arnold and let them through like there Red Dawn. No, there ain't no secrets about nuclear weapons that the Russians don't already know that he, he could sell to them. That they hadn't already heard of. So is there a PP? There. Is there a PP tape? Huh? Is there a PP tape? I don't know. <laughs> you heard rumors though about that, right? A PP no. tape. Uh -uh. You ain't never heard anything about Trump in a PP tape. No. That Russia has a tape of him and hookers and urine somehow doing golden showers. That's all over the place. I don't know if it's true, but I've heard about it. Yeah, well, no, I heard it, <laughs> I'm just surprised you haven't heard that. Who, but, cares, uh, who cares if he's pissing on hookers? So what? <laughs> who oh, cares? Man, that's some PP games. Did you see that crazy stuff they're passing around at uh, his rally about him being Jesus Christ? Who the hell thinks he's Jesus Christ? Whoa, I, wow, what is? When did this happen? <laughs> I'll show. I'll show you the picture. There's a a picture at a. Uh, Trump rally of a book and you look up at the book on Amazon it has crappy reviews everybody hates it it's called President Donald Trump the son of man the Christ by Helgard Mueller wow you can look it up there's people that thinks he thinks he's Jesus how the hell does anybody think he's Jesus orange hair I don't know <laughs> he don't heal nobody but anyway 
What is I guess that? that's better than calling him the Antichrist, you know? <laughs> but that is pretty much the Antichrist if you're like saying you're Jesus <laughs> or that people think you are when you're not. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. I don't like him. I don't like Biden. I don't like any of them. They all suck. Yeah. It's all not good. They all seem like morons. What have any of them done for me? They don't even know I exist. What do I care? But uh, I know one thing that'll make me vote against Republicans is how dumb they are about pot. They're trying to change all the pot crap down here. We got legal pot in Florida and these little religious freakos, and there's nothing wrong with being religious, but these nuts trying to apply their Jesus stuff to people's weed intake. It's like, kiss my ass. Freaking idiot think i'm gonna vote for your idiot ass i'll vote for the crazy trans liberals so weed will just be legal just to piss you off you pricks that's what (laughs) i think about it weed should be legal i'm sick of this crap i'm sick of paying so much for it sick of the stupid license fee you got to pay just for their dumb card just because of a bunch of religious nuts who can't smoke a doobie but probably drank and pop pills like a morons Mm -hmm. i hate them Anyway, you talk about something. <laughs> Double standards there. That's for damn sure. It's your turn. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I agree with you. I mean, it, there's no reason why it should be legal or illegal. Uh, Stupid. You go back to the Revolutionary War. Uh, George Washington made it mandatory for everyone who had more than an acre to dedicate at least one acre of farm to make uh, hemp to build rope and uh, sails for the Navy. They're just stupid. It's just them trying to put their religious crap on everybody. Mm-hmm. You can believe in Jesus and still smoke a doobie. It's like, God. Or you can be like me and not believe in Jesus and still smoke a doobie. Oh, I don't know if you could be in the Trumple Goose Club if you don't believe in Jesus. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> You hear this, ladies and gentlemen? (laughs) So you don't think there's any kind of Jesus? You think it's a fake story? I don't believe in any... Nothing. No. Supernatural? I don't believe in any supernatural beings. Such as gods. What about aliens? Those supernatural, right? That's paranormal, but not necessarily supernatural. It's natural as hell, actually. What about Christ consciousness? Like the like the Jedi stuff, the Force, like a, a, the Buddhism, Nirvana. That's something, right? Mm, like a state of super consciousness that you achieve through spirituality. Or I agree or, that there's some genetic memory available out there. We can we can get it out of our own genetic what our genes have memorized over the decades. But yeah, no, I don't believe in the Christ conscious either. Hmm. What about the Force? No. That's Star Wars. You don't believe in the Force? I'm a Trekkie, dude. <laughs> I like Star Wars, but you grew up with Star Trek first. So uh, what else have you been watching, you atheist bastard? <laughs> uh, um, I, I watched the uh, the new season of uh, Cobra Kai. I'm that in was, to catch up on that. I like it. It, it was good. Um, it, it, I'm hoping it's it brief because they, they, they dropped the whole season on the first day. And then you watch the whole thing and you're over at the end of it. You're like, I want more. 
and there's no more. You have to wait till the next season comes out. There's so many. I'm behind. I think I've only seen like three seasons. There's like so many now. They're fourth or fifth season now, and it's um, ten episodes per season. So there's you know fifty episodes now. Crazy. That's a lot. They're coming out with a movie, but it doesn't have a connection to the show. You can watch those pretty fast. That's what I'm saying is they drop the whole season all at once on one day. And then you watch it. It may take a day. It may take two days. It may take a couple days. But then you get to the last episode and you're like, ah, it's over. They're <laughs> only like late. 30 minutes or something, aren't they? 30, they're very, some are 50, some are 30, some are 45. But yeah, it was, I, I love the whole new dialogue with the new, with the, with the old bad guy, but you know, release them one, one, one a week, you know? Yeah. Who's the bad guy? Is the ponytail guy? Yeah. They put the other, they put the uh, creases in jail. Um, and Tony, what's his, is it Tony? The guy with the ponytail, um, he's he's a bastard, but uh, next season should be pretty good. should be kind of explosive, and I think there are going to be a lot of weapons involved, too. Weapons? They, they showed nunchucks and Psy this, this season, so... Wow. I think there's going to be a lot more weapons up. use. Yeah. Getting I got to catch up, bro. That yeah. Crease dude, the guy that plays him was creepy. Like yes, <laughs> he's got. I don't know where he got that creepy from, but he's he got like dark makeup around his eyes. He's creepy as hell looking. Yeah, that's a weird dude. Martin Cove is the actor. Crazy. Well, who's next week? Oh, Wild Trees. We're Wild gonna talk trees. about tardigrades and Bigfoot, Big Feet, and tardigrades. I better check in with him. Make sure his stonerness remembers we have a show. <laughs> I'm sure he does. We'll check it out. But I'm tired. I feel old. Yeah, I I, I feel you there. I'm in my fifties, and yeah, it's just it's not easy anymore. <laughs> I wish I was in my twenties. Been doing this 14 years. How long have you been doing it? This is eight years now. You want to do it forever? I get tired. I get burned out, but I get reunited sometimes. Tonight's guest was good, but sometimes I get tired. Yeah, tonight's tonight's guest was really good. And uh, just gonna keep doing it till the earth dies. We're we're not gonna make it that far. We'll be way gone before the earth explodes. For real, all craps broke out. No doubt about it. You know, as long as we can keep Putin from dropping nukes, I think we'll I think we'll make it to the next one. Why does anybody like him? He seems like an idiot. He's I don't like a bully, him. You know, I don't like him. He's like a dick. Just he's be ugly. glad he's not our president, I suppose. But he's ugly. Yeah, he likes to ride. Like he likes a, to ride horses with his shirt off. Looks like a frog. It's like Gollum. Precious. Yeah. It's all pasty and weird. 
It's creepy looking. Well, he's got like, stage four cancer too, so he's probably withering away to nothing. Also, is really rapidly before his eyes, so that's kind of gross. All they'll do is clone him. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> they could probably clone him or find someone look like him. Yeah. They're coming out with a new Batman Spawn comic by Todd McFarlane this December. Wow. There's two other ones I need to get, the older ones, but the new one's coming out in December. They're making it, everybody's going crazy buying it up. Like 13 covers coming out for it, more than that, but you can get those for about $100, all 13 covers. Wow. Some of the covers for it is uh, Jim Lee, of course, Todd McFarlane, Greg Capullo. There's a bunch of different ones, but Glow in a Dark Edition, Variant Covers, uh, Two Dark Heroes Cursed by Tragedy, Find Their Paths Crossing Again, But Not by Choice, What Sinister <laughs> Foe is at Work, Pitting the Dark Knight Against the Hellspawn. From the shadows of Gotham City to New York City, this epic event is the blockbuster you've been waiting almost two decades for. Hmm. Batman cool. Spawn. And the first book comes out in December? It's just one book. Like oh, one, graphic novel? Yeah, well, not a graphic novel. It's about 48 pages, but just a one-shot. Ah. Uh. There's two other ones out there, too. They're old. Uh, War Devil. Then one that Frank Miller did. The guy did Sin City and all that. So there's yeah. three. There'll be three one-shots total out there since whenever. You doing that political stuff after this? Yeah. If Joe's having a show, yeah, I'll be on it. Yeah. Well, we got five minutes. Any questions from our audience? Some lady cussing in chat. <laughs> but uh, let's see. What's going on? I don't see any questions in the comments area that are current. Nope. We're just going to have a moment of silence for the citizens of Ukraine. Disney's remaking a never-ending story. Hopefully, they don't screw that up. Wow. Why don't they get some creative stuff? Stop making, start remaking the old stuff and start making new things. I don't get it. But it's a never-ending story. So, it's a never-ending story. Yeah, but why redo it? Well, hopefully, they're not doing that. Hopefully, they're continuing it so add on yeah add on that's one thing but to remake something from the beginning yep it is a trip i saw uh return to oz on disney you ever seen that that's like a weird oz with that feruza balk in it that girl from the craft she's a kid but it's a weird uh return to oz movie yeah i saw it a long long time ago it's weird it's good mm -hmm. they're gonna give dorothy shock therapy shock therapy <laughs> she escapes yep shock therapy hmm. i saw the black cauldron again that's a good one you ever seen that 
the Black Cauldron, a cartoon a long, long on time Disney. Ago. Yeah, that's one long. to watch again. That's that's weird for Disney. It's kind of Lord of the Rings ish. It's good. Mm-hmm. It's got some armies of the dead and weird stuff, and this crazy dark wizard that's crazy, and a little bitty goblin that's his little henchman they chokes, and a yeah. pig, a pig <laughs> that has magical powers. It's pretty good though. We're checking out the Black Cauldron. It's an old one. It's only an hour and twenty minutes. Good one to watch if you dancing with Mary Jane, baby. Yeah. <laughs> it's got some good visuals. Some good visual eye. Yeah, I definitely saw it a long, long time ago. It's been a while though. Twenty years probably. It's worth watching again. I've seen it a few times. I want to watch Sword in the Stone. Oh, wow. Yeah, I haven't seen that in a long, long time. That's on there. It's good to sit back and little Mary Jane and some of them old Disney cartoons. That's right, baby. That's right. All right, everybody. Well, I got to get out of this chair. Yeah. <laughs> Hurt Mine's my not back. Either. Well, everybody, stay tuned for Wild Trees and then our world-famous Halloween lineup. Everybody. Thanks for listening. Have a good weekend. Good night, everybody. Night.